0: Bill, and this is the Skein Enable podcast, enabling your crafting addictions one episode at a time. Today is Sunday, June 9th, 2019, and this is episode 90. I was like, I was thinking I was so close to 100, but it'll still be like at least 20 weeks before I make it to 100. So, in um, you know, six months, we'll uh, celebrate. <laughs> Okay, so yesterday was Worldwide Knit in Public Day, so I met up with actually my old knitting group that I used to hang out with all the time, which is the Culver City Crafters. We used to meet at this coffee shop on every Monday, and I used to, like, arrange my holidays or vacations around getting back so I could see my friends at the knitting group, and it just slowly petered out, and people couldn't come, and then all of a sudden it would just be you and one other person – who you liked, but maybe you'd rather just watch a movie at home. So um, that group kind of died out. But then we've recently been kind of bringing it back and meeting up once a week, once a month, or once every six weeks or something. And that's been nice. So I met up with a bunch of them over at a park in Culver City. And a lot of them have kids. So it was kind of nice to, this is like a fenced-in park, so you can kind of let the kids run wild while we kind of sat around and knit. And yeah, so that was my worldwide knit in public day. I hope you guys did something fun. I forgot to take any pictures, of course. I've been a little bit behind on uh, posting things on Instagram, but I guess I haven't been, haven't had the inspiration recently. But hopefully, I'll get back to it. Anyway, okay, so let's get on to what I'm knitting. So what I've finished, I do have well one like real knitting project I finished, which is my Annex Tank by Noragon. This is from the Framework book from and Company. It's knit in hemp for knitting, all hemp 6, which is a, it said it was a sport weight or DK weight hemp yarn. It's applied yarn um, in the color aubergine. But it actually, it knit up pretty thick, so I used it for this pattern, which was supposed to be an Aran weight gauge, and I thought it still worked. Um, it's a tank, kind of a corset looking tank. It has like two rows of um, mesh lace down the front and the back and then it has these um, large rectangular like godets that go up over the hips so kind of for a little dramatic look. I have finished it and it does like skew a little bit. Um, I guess that's just the yarn but I haven't blocked it yet and I've just been a little bit lazy because when I was halfway through the the project, I like got it wet and kind of roughed it up a bit. But then the yarn bled so much. So the purple dye was just everywhere. And I've been a little bit too lazy to deal with it. Um In theory, it's machine wash and dry, which I think will means it'll get softer and less coarse over time. But I can't really wash it with anything else. So I need to kind of, you know, hand wash it at first. And then maybe I'm not sure if I'll have to look into how you set dye on hemp because I'm not sure that I can just throw in a bunch of vinegar like I would with a plant fiber or an animal fiber. So I'll have to look into that and who knows, I could always just wash it and then plan on hand washing it every time just on its own. But um yeah, so that is the Annex tank by Norgon and I should wash it and get ready to wear it cuz it's totally summer here now. I mean and it's Totally summer here in just 12 days for everybody, right? In the U.S. So that's Annex by Nora Gone. Um, I didn't love knitting it. Um, I liked the pattern. It's knit from the bottom up, the bottom of the front, up all the way over the back. And then you seam just a little bit at the edges. And then there's some drop stitches in those godets that you have to do afterwards and I think it'll look a lot nicer once those have kind of been blocked out, because right now the hemp is kind of holding the holding the stitch, so it's a little rumpled where there should be drop stitches, so it'll be nice to kind of block that out. I did find a knot in every ball of the yarn, and there's just three balls. You can't just spit splice it back together, so I ended up with, at the end of this thing, multiple small balls of yarn, and I have no idea what I'd use this, the rest of this for anyway. I could maybe make some sort of scrubbies, but then I'd have to, like, really wash them before I don't want them to bleed all over everything, so I'm not sure. It's not my favorite yarn. I did get some, like, a little callus on my ring finger of my right hand from just rubbing against the stitches on the needles a lot of the time. Um, I don't even know if this yarn is still being made. I got it a really long time ago, so I guess I should just be glad it's out of my stash. This is, um, I think it was a lot... Most likely, like sold for like market bags and stuff, things like that. And then the next thing I finished was that spinning. I was last week, last time I was like I better finish it before the next podcast, so I did. It's the fiber dyer is B mice elf. It's a hundred percent BFL, and it's the colorway finale. It's dark purples, blacks, and medium blues, and just a two ply. And I, you know, I finished the singles, and it was crazy. Like, I've been so bad recently at judging. I was going to say I'm bad at splitting raids into in half, but I think the issue is just my spinning consistency. This is my second yarn like this, where I've finished the first bobbin of singles, and the second bobbin has an insane amount left, like 10 grams left on it or something. I got to post the pictures of me, because I always try to do, like, the Andean ply, and so then it's... Like, so much, so many singles on that my hand that I can barely, like, move my middle finger. Um And then I ply it back on itself, so. But, yeah, it's pretty crazy. But I do like this, and actually, when I first finished it, I applied it, and it just looked, I didn't ply it enough. Partially the issue, I have a lendrum, and so I do have a plying head on it, but I don't have my, um... My drive band isn't big enough to fit the plying head and my old drive band was, it was like really stretched out so it would fit over the plying head. So right now I'm kind of using like this jerry-rigged just like twine or like string as my drive band when I use the plying head, the bigger plying head. And I think I just, I have trouble getting my, I don't know, tension, but yeah, I'm just getting bad at judging it and part of it's just my wheel is not set up ideally, and I'm not good at wheel mechanics. So I finished the plying, and then I just realized it was, like, way under-plied. So I went back, I wound it into a center pull ball, and then I... Actually, that was silly. I could have just plied from the bobbin onto another bobbin. Okay. Oh, I only have one plying plying head bobbin. I guess that was the problem anyway, I put it on a nitty naughty, so I made it into a hank and then I wound it into a center pull ball. Nope, I wound it into a center pull ball straight from the bobbin and then I plied it again onto my plying head. But I'm so much happier. like I mean, I had to put a lot more twist into it, and now they're like little beads of of plies like it looks really nice now, and it's still really bouncy and fluffy. I guess that's the BFL. It's got a lot of spring to it. Pretty inconsistent spin. I'm not sure what would really happen to me, but I can't quite get it together recently. My spinning's been all over the place, but I'm very happy with how this turned out. It's very different from everything else I usually do, like very dark, so I'm loving it. And since I was replying, I just went on a little kick, and that last braid of fiber that I spun up a few months ago It was Capistrano Fiber Arts. I can't remember what the colorway is, but it's light blues and grays and light greens. So I just went through and I applied this a little bit tighter too, and now I love it so much more. It's really like a lot, got a lot more life to it, and I'm like a little embarrassed of how I had it looked before. (laughs) I used to think I was really good at figuring out how much plying I needed, but recently, I've gotten bad. It's like how I used to be, I thought, good at parallel parking, and then something happened, and now I can't do it at all. Like, I'm terrible at it. I don't know. You just, like, lose lose your ability sometime, Or I guess it's probably all in my head. I probably have just psyched myself out, and now every time I'm, like, nervous to parallel park, even though I'm fine at it. Anyway, so that's what I've finished, <laughs> those two spinning projects. I haven't started a new spinning project, but I certainly will. I'm going to be on the Greater Los Angeles Spinning Guild's team for Tour de Fleece this year. It feels like we're talking about it so early. It doesn't happen until July, but I'm looking forward to probably doing my same level of as involvement as last year, which is just trying to spin every day. Even if it's not very much, I would really just like to put some time into it, spin a little bit more. That's starting in July. I'll do the actual dates spray next time to let you know. And that's uh, Tour de Fleece. If you haven't heard of it, it's just where you set your own spinning goals and it's run concurrently with the Tour de France cycling race. Okay, so that's what I've finished. What my current fix is, what I'm currently working on, I am still working on Foxpaws by Zandy Peters. I'm using Picks palette in Edamame, Clarity, Seafaring, Gray Mist, and Huckleberry. I've slowed down on this one, and this is my complicated along project. If you're gonna, if you want to play along with our craft along in the group, I was making really good progress in the beginning, but it was hurting my elbow, my hands a little bit. So I wanted to kind of slow down, only do, you know, like one of those complicated rows a night at least. Um, there's a few rows just like where the, stitches get very tight on the needles or you're doing a lot of increases and it just gets a little hard on my hands and my elbows so I just want to yeah spread those out over more time so that's kind of like my at-home project and I have to carry around five balls of yarn so it's easier just keep it at home and then my new project my new take everywhere project is Pangera by Christina Denai I've talked about this one a little bit it's a cropped pullover um, short-sleeved that's Mostly one color, but then at the very bottom, like for a couple inches, there's a color work motif, um, and then there's a, the same motif but inverted at the very top, and it has kind of a boat neck top, and then it has just that same contrast color at the little cap sleeves. I don't know if they're you'd call them cap sleeves or just, you know, the edges of the top, because it doesn't quite have sleeves as far as I know. I my main color is in the Plucky Knitter in the Solo base. This is my first uh time using Plucky. Um this is the Under the Sea colorway, which is a bright aqua color. Solo is their 8020 Superwash Merino Mulberry Silk base. Um I actually won this skein of yarn at Stitches West a year ago, so 2018 where some of my girlfriends and I made fools of ourselves doing karaoke in front of everybody and embarrassed ourselves, and then we got a prize. So I got a skein of this plucky solo. And then the next day, I think Twee happened to notice that that same color was on sale at the booth. So I ended up getting a second skein for pretty cheap. It was a pretty economic way to get my hand on some plucky. I also bought some other sale stuff that same day, so I have more in my stash. There was one not in the middle of the skein, but not too bad. I didn't even think about alternating, so I have to figure that out later. Hopefully, the first skein will get me pretty far. That's the main color, is this aqua color. And then the contrast color is Malabrigo Machita, which is their singles, fingering weight singles, Superwash Merino, in the Frank Ochre colorway, which is that beautiful mustard green that I love. I did a lot of debating. I really wanted to do this aqua with like an orangey red and I had like a leftover yarn that I loved with it. It was a, you know, a bold choice, but I couldn't, I didn't think based on the pattern specifications that I had enough of that contrast. And then, you know, a month or two ago, I ordered um, a different skein of red from Leading Men Fiber Arts, which I did like with this and I was debating it. But then I just kind of panicked and I went what I think is a safer bet, which is kind of an, still kind of an interesting combo, but like this aqua and the mustard color together. The top starts with an I-cord cast on, which took me forever. So you cast on all of the stitches, but you do the I-cord all at the same time. And then you have live stitches and then you start with the color work section, but I've had this problem, a similar problem when doing things like this. Let's call this, uh, I-cord bind off cast on, um, where the row of stitches that I create ends up being so long, like they're like elongated stitches. And so then when I start the next row, like that row is just so long that after I've gotten, you know, a few inches into the color work, that I-cord cast on is just flipping, you know, right there at that fold. It's just folding up. And so I'm not sure what I'm going to be able to do about it. It could be a gauge issue. I used the same needle to do the cast on as I did for the body of the the body of the knitting, but maybe I shouldn't maybe I should have used a smaller needle. I'm not sure. So I'm going to block it after it's done and see if it stops rolling or folding up, but I I think there's a good chance I'm going to have to cut that off and then do an i-cord bind off on the bottom. Because you do an iCard bind off at the top, so maybe at least a little consistent. I don't know. I have to figure it out yet, but I'm a little bummed it just doesn't look great. But I finished the colorwork section really quickly. It's just a couple inches. I mean, it's only like 12 rows or something. And then now I'm just working on endless docking it. I did go up a needle size for the colorwork. And so you think I used a US 4 for the colorwork, and then I'm using a 3. For the stockinette. And I do think that the pattern called for a looser gauge. But I just, I don't, I'm tired of knitting yarn so loose. Um I like a more of a regular gauge. So I'm knitting the second size of the pattern. Even though, in theory, I think the first size could have worked. Um It calls for, it's pretty loose. So it calls for 10 to 15 inches of ease. And depending on how I measure my chest, my bust... 10 to 15 would be more like the second one, or it's close. And I did like the ones that were a little bit more loose-fitting. So I'm making the second size, but at a tighter gauge, and then hopefully that works out. We'll find out. It does look nice, even with less ease. So if that's how it turns out, that's fine. Now I just have like seven more inches of stockinette or something before I get to do something. So that is Panjera by Christina Denai. And then the last thing that I just started today, um, I started, this is another old project or an old pattern of mine. I am, oh, which means if you follow, if you listen to the Twisted Stitches podcast, they are doing the archive along, which is basically like anything you could have done in like the FIFO knit along, craft along would work for their archive along. It's like any pattern you already had, basically like before the beginning of the year or something. Any case, you can add your stuff to there, craft along, if you so wish. Anyway, this is the Baby Caftan, caftan with a K, um, by Debbie Bliss. It's from the Debbie Bliss, the Baby Knits book, and it's one of the first books I got when I first started knitting, how many years ago? 14 years ago or something. And it's got, a you know, Debbie Bliss, like, has, like, the cutest babies, and... I mean, not her personal baby. She has the cutest model babies. And I've knit a number of things out of this when I first started. And some of those things have still never found recipients. Or it was like, this, I knit my first little baby sweater however many years ago. And then I was like, no, it's too important. It has to go to my own baby. It can't go to somebody else's baby. So that's just in a tub somewhere. But in any case, I've been thinking about this pattern for years. And so I just thought, why not now? Um, there's always a need for baby items and it is it's kind of like what it says a baby caftan so it's knit out of cotton it kind of has like that 70s vibe so it's a pullover but then it has like a deep v in the middle in the front like a co- like a man's cotton caftan or a woman's c- cotton caftan but it has like flowers embroidered around that split in the front neck so it has flowers embroidered around the Neckline and then also around the sleeves, and it's just so cute um and I've been wanting to experiment with knitting with embroidery on knits, so this will be my chance. I didn't do a gauge watch; I just started on a sleeve, so I'm barely anywhere, but I'm knitting it so tight I'm knitting it on like a two point seven five millimeter needles or a three millimeter, so I don't know. I might have to restart on a bigger needle, but I'm using also some old stash yarn. I'm using Rowan Hand Knit Cotton number 349 and it's a yellow. I just started doing the 6 to 9 month size, but nah, I don't know. I might have a smaller gauge or I might have to start over with a larger needle. You know how Rowan like they come up with these fun names, but then the ball the ball of yarn doesn't say what that fun name is. It's like you have to go to like the color card or online to find out. So it's Even though my ball just says 349, I'll probably go on the website and it'll be like Clarity. You know, or I'm trying to think of a cuter, like a more crazy yellow name. But anyway, it's a yellow color, a pastel yellow. And yeah, so I've just started it. So we'll see. I don't know what colors I'd use for contrast for the embroidery. But that's the Baby Caftan by Debbie Bliss. And now what I'm jonesing for. Actually, it's, like, a little bit one-sided. I feel like there's been so many cute knit toys right now that most of my, like, half of my things are knit toys. So Susan B. Anderson had, like, the world's cutest patterns this week. These are just, I think, so adorable. I missed the promotional period for this one. It's called Oliver Pig, and it's a worsted weight pig that has, like, legs. It's kind of, you know, anthropomorphic anthropomorphized um so i think it's like 14 inches standing up and it's wearing a little colorwork sweater and and jeans and those are knit onto its body he's got like a tiny little curly tail out the back and you know like the ears and the nose and then he also has a removable like hooded jacket that's also that's knit separately with buttons on it so cute so yeah, since it's not on sale, I'll wait until I really need to need it, really want to make it, but it's so cute. That's the Oliver Pig by Susan B. Anderson. And since I was also just looking at other of her patterns, she has a new one that just came out this weekend, which means it's on promotion until June 16th. So this one is Black Sheep, White Sheep. It's $2.75 at the moment, but after June 16th, it'll go back up to $5.50. It's also knit in worsted weight yarn, but this is a little guy. It just, like, sits in the palm of your hand almost. And it's one of her reversible ones. So it's a black sheep with, like, little white legs or white face. And then it you can reverse it to a white sheep with a black face. So cute. You know, she has a whole book of those things that are, like, topsy-turvy dolls, but those all looked a little bit too elaborate for me. So, but that's black sheep, white sheep. By Susan B. Anderson, if you are interested. It's on sale until June 16th. And then Claire Garland, who I've mentioned a number of times, she does these, like, Friday freebies. Freebie Friday knits. And she does those, like, almost, I was going to say photorealistic, but, like, anatomically correct animals. Really cute stuffed animals. And then this one for this year, her new one is, for this year, for this month, is Jemima Duck. It's currently free, but I can't imagine that it'll stay free after the weekend. And it's very much like Mother Goose. It's a duck. (laughs) It's a white duck. It's knit in, like, a few different strands of yarn, but it uses, like, alpaca and mohair, so it's really fuzzy. It's got, like, the beak. And it also has a little bonnet and a pink cape that's free that comes with the pattern. So, I mean, it doesn't necessarily look like something I was, like, dear, like a story that was dear to me as a kid or anything. But, yeah, it's very cute, very Jane Austen with that bonnet and the cape. And that's approximately 10 inches tall when it's done. So that's Jemima Duck from Claire Garland. That's currently free. Then I have two two tops that are in my favorites right now. Um, one is a new cardigan called Mirasol by Alpha Knits. Um, I've made a f- couple things by her, or have I? Just one. I can't remember what that thing is called, the stripes one that's like a lot of short rows, so it's like creates something striped T, and there's a cardigan. I don't know. I can't think of it. But so she's Alpha Knits, and she's just always very inventive and clever. But this one is a pullover, not a pullover, a cardigan. It's in light fingering weight as a, we'll read from the thing, little summer cardigan with a doubled collar, three quarter sleeves, and small cable details at the fronts, the raglan shaping, and the sides. It's worked top down, starting with the doubled collar, completely seamless. And it can be made in one color, but she did it light in a gradient or like a fade. So she has it in a few different shades of yellow yellow grays and kind of ochres going down. Yeah, it has a really cool looking overall texture. And then, um, yeah, this cable details, little cable details. just looks really kind of like a timeless piece, and it'll be really wearable in fingering weight yarn. So that's Mirasol by Alpha Knits. It's a 6.5 euro download, or in the U.S., about $7.62 currently. And then the last thing that I'm jonesing for is another free pattern. It is called Organza by Lisa Richardson. She is a, she's a Rowan designer. So this is a free one from like Rowan on Ravelry. It uses Rowan Silky Lace. So it's a lace weight tank top. So it has thin straps and then it has kind of a parachute type um, shape, but it has kind of a horizontal stripes of mesh for, like, where the bust is, and then after that it has, like, a little bit more of an elaborate motif for, like, the swingy bottom. And it is still cropped, though. It still ends just a little bit under her natural waist, it looks like. And they worked separate, front and back are worked separately from the top down, joined at the underarm. Oh, and then the rest of it is worked in the round. So, yeah, it looks like a nice, like, summer top. It's kind of one of those things I would make, but then not really wear, but I like it. And it's free, so check it out. It's Organza by Lisa Richardson. And that's all I'm jonesing for right now. So short, short uh, jonesing period, I guess. No crochet or no shawls. That's a little bit crazy. And I had written re-ups here on my list, but I don't have any. Yay, (laughs) two weeks of no buying anything. Who knew? Who knew I could do it? I mentioned the complicated along a little bit ago, so please join in in the Ravelry group, the Skein Enable podcast group, with whatever you're working on, what you want a little bit of inspiration, what you need to be inspired to keep working on. This is could be something super complicated, or just something that's complicated to you right now. I'm getting some of that. Like these shoulder instructions are very complicated. I need to pay attention to it. So that's cool too. You know, or start something where you've been, like, wanting to make it, but it's going to be a long-term project or takes a lot of thought. Go for it. And just chat in the group. Um, I'll pick prize prizes occasionally from the chatter group, and probably I'll put in an FFO thread. But it's really about encouraging other people to start those crazy projects, but also to work on them and then finish them. So, um, go ahead and check out the group and chat with us. We'd love, we'd love to have you. Okay. Uppers and downers. I haven't seen that many new things, but I feel like I've been watching a lot. Um, we did go see Rocket Man on Friday and it's been out, yeah, for a week or two, I guess. And this is, if you didn't know, the Elton John mu- musical and I, would, I did really like it. It was very much a musical. Um, they integrate songs from his career, like into the movie in a way, like a real musical. You know, people break out into song. Um, they use the songs to illustrate um, emotional points of his life. So they aren't necessarily chronologically the songs aren't chronological in terms of like when he came out with them. Throughout his career, it's kind of more thematically. And I just enjoyed it. I enjoyed the performance. Um, There's a lot of songs of Elton John's that I've always loved. There's also a few where I've been like, never been a fan of it, but they worked well in the movie. Um I've, you know, always known that his partner was Bernie Tuppen, but his writing partner, but I didn't quite know how it broke down in terms of lyrics and music. So I thought that was very interesting. And... Yeah, I mean, it's like, it gets, I think, a little bogged down in just addiction stuff, but it's about somebody's life, so it makes sense. But sometimes I was like, so is he gonna, are we gonna move on yet? But yeah, I would definitely recommend it. I thought it was a lot of fun, especially if you like musicals and you like Elton John. Yeah, do it. It's the only thing we've seen in the theater. I finished watching Shrill on Hulu, which is the A.D. Bryant TV show and I really enjoyed that. So yeah, it's a little bit about like her character becoming um, a little more self acceptance and body positive, but you know also how that affects her relationships in her life. I really like it. It's set in Portland. It, they're pretty short and it's only like six episodes or something. So yeah, I like that. I watched the new Halloween as on HBO now with Jamie Lee Curtis. That was fine. I watched this crazy movie, which seemingly everybody knows about. Um, it's from the nineties called color of night and it's, um, with Bruce Willis and it's kind of like an erotic thriller. And he like has a patient commit suicide in front of him and he's a psychiatrist. And so he moves to Los Angeles to visit his friend and then has to help kind of solve a murder or something. But it's, it's kind of crazy. Like I didn't. When I mentioned to people work, they had all heard about it. And they were like, oh, yeah, that's the one where you see Bruce Willis completely naked. And so I didn't realize that was, like, the big news about that film. So we were just pretty shocked when we saw all of him in that movie. So, yeah, I don't know that I'd recommend it. It's kind of crazy, but a little bit. I mean, it's on HBO. I think it's, like, the director's cut version. And I kind of like movies like this, but... Yeah, it was just very weird. Like, a lot of weird editing. Like, I don't always know, like, what makes a good movie. But sometimes I'm like, well, this is bad editing. Or just a very kind of weird shots and weird, yeah, weird cutbacks or something. So, I don't know. It's pretty crazy. I would recommend, like, taking a look at it if you like, like, 90s stuff. Which I do. Um, I also watched the new Netflix movie, Extremely Wicked, Shockingly Evil, and Vile. Which is Zac Efron as... Ted Bundy I found it like an interesting take on it because almost it's not from his perspective it's from like his girlfriend's perspective you know and how she could be kind of deceived but then partway I just started kind of feeling like it was more like a show making him into a good guy like it they don't show any of the murders really and so you can almost just think yeah this is just a charming man and I think the film ultimately redeems itself in that respect. But I did start to feel like, oh, maybe this isn't very, isn't critical enough that this is like a terrible serial killer, like a monster. But yeah, um, worth taking a look. I've been watching Murder, She Wrote on Amazon. I know um Michelle used to talk about it a lot because she was obsessed with it, but I kind of been binging it at work. As my new everyday show. But it's kind of a lot to watch. Like multiple episodes every day. So I'm not sure how far I'll make it. And Amazon only has 5 seasons. And I didn't realize it's a 12 season show. So. hmm, Who knows. So that's Murder, She Wrote. And I finished a book. It's um, Farther Away. It's a collection of stories. And essays by Jonathan Franzen. Um, He's best known for writing The Corrections. Which was like a. Probably a Pulitzer Prize winner or something. And yes, this is a collection of essays and speeches that he's given. Uh, He was really good friends with David Foster Wallace, so he talks about him in multiple essays, and I'm a big fan of his work, so that was probably what made me buy this book. But also, he's a birder, so he has several different long pieces about poaching, like the the bird poaching in like cyprus and eastern europe but then also other things about yeah the birding in china and just it's a little bit bleak in terms of environmental issues but i found it really interesting and i don't always love essays but i was intrigued to take pick this up and it makes me want to read some more of his works but then also there was a few essays in here that were like introductions to other books or stories that I've never heard of. So now I want to take a look at those. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. If you like essays, you might like it. This is from actually the early it's probably from 10 years ago now. So some of it does feel dated. And some of it is feels kind of surprisingly like, oh, that wasn't he wrote this before Trump was elected (laughs) or something like that. Yeah, I mean, it's not probably won't be a keeper to keep on my My bookshelf, but an interesting group of essays. So that's uh, farther away by Jonathan Franzen, and I think that might be it. It's kind of a light, light podcast for me, but you can find the show notes at skeinandable.com. You can find me. On Instagram as NoDice11 or on Ravelry as NoDice. You can find our Ravelry group at the Skein Enable Podcast group on the Ravelry Groups tab. You can join us in the complicated along and come and chat with us about whatever projects you're working on. And I hope you have a great couple weeks. Alright, bye. <laughs> تو پنجره از زیرن دوتا دو دوتا تنها یکیشون تو یکیشون من دیبار از زنگ سیاه زنگ سرد و زند خارا زده گفت نوی صدایی به نوای خسته ما Angie di lor ha vede che schi manuto te se oh oh oh